You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you're challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on last things. Now looking at reincarnation. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Want to win a chance for a free tour of Israel? From March 1st to June 8th, Douglas's new website subscribers have the chance to be entered into a draw for a free tour. There are two ways to win. You can become a new website member or ask a friend to sign up. Then email confirmation of the subscriptions by replying to Douglas's newsletter. There's no limit to the number of entries. Sign up five friends, be entered five times. The winner will be announced in early July. Now here's today's teaching. I'd like to take a few moments to address the idea of reincarnation. This is not incarnation, God becoming flesh, God becoming man, but reincarnation. When a soul comes back and enters a newborn of another being based on how it lived its previous life, based on its actions or karma. And since the idea comes from Hinduism, I would like to read from the Hindu scriptures as we begin. Hinduism has taught the doctrine of reincarnation for many thousands of years. And one of the ancient scriptures is the Upanishads. And reading from the Chandogya Upanishad, we find this. Those who are of pleasant conduct here, here meaning in this earthly life, this human life, the prospect is indeed that they will enter a pleasant womb, either the womb of a Brahman or the womb of a Kshatriya or the womb of a Vaisha. But those who are of a stinking conduct here, the prospect is indeed that they will enter a stinking womb of a dog or the womb of a swine or the womb of an outcast. Let me explain this. If we live right, we, we will move up the ladder. We'll be reborn at a higher social level. In this case, he says, the room of a Brahman. Now, the Brahman is the high class. That's the upper class, the priestly class of Hinduism. Or maybe not there, but he says the womb of a Kshatriya, meaning your mother will be from the warrior class. Or maybe the class below that, the Vaisha, um, the, uh, the merchant class. But if your conduct is not good, here the Upanishads use the word stinking, you could be reborn as a dog or a pig or even worse, an outcast. That is what the Indians call the untouchables, the Dalit, the lowest social level, which is below dog and pig. Well, that's a pretty concise statement. We don't live just once. We come back and We can move up the ladder or we can move down. And we will live an incredibly long series of lives. And ultimately, the goal is to escape this cycle of uh, life, death, and rebirth. Again, our status and body we inhabit in the next life depends on conduct in the present life, our karma, our actions, determining the level at which we're reborn. But eventually, uh, Hinduism teaches that all souls, all of them will graduate, will keep on the whole moving up until soul becomes one with the world soul. Atman becomes one with Paramatman. Like a drop of water going back to the ocean, individual existence disappears. And so really, there's no you, there's no me 
at the end of this cycle. But in the meantime, we will come back. Of course, in, in Hinduism, it's not normally believed people remember what they experienced in the previous life. But when I meet people who, who have confidence in reincarnation, it just makes me suspicious. Uh, people will say, well, in my previous life, I was Alexander the Great. Oh, really? You were Alexander the Great, too. <laughs> so was the guy over there. Or maybe a woman says, well, I was uh, Cleopatra. I was Nefertiti. People never say, oh, I was a nobody. All I did was sweep the streets in a rural town in China. No one knew my name. No one claims that. And this shows me that there's tremendous snob appeal, at least the way reincarnation has been welcomed in the West. It's a way uh, to feel good about ourselves, our identity. Never mind, uh, the numbers don't quite work out. We have these millions and billions of bacteria, and that we, you know, the, the larger the animal, the fewer of them there are. It, it doesn't really work out for everyone to be reborn. Uh, the mathematics don't work out. But if we ignore that, I, what I'd like to do is examine the doctrine itself and especially see if it finds any support biblically. Well, Buddhism is a religion that grew out of Hinduism. Hinduism goes back to the second millennium B.C. Buddhism begins in the first millennium B.C., around 500 years before Christ. And one of the more exotic flavors of Buddhism is Tibetan. One time I was attending a lecture when I was at a seminary at Harvard Divinity School. And the guest lecturer was a Tibetan monk. This, again, is probably the most exotic brand of, of Buddhism that there is. And he was a very respected monk, a very well-known man, because he was supposed to be the reincarnation of a very famous teacher from the past. And we had question and answer time after his lecture. And I have to admit, he was a pretty humble guy. And I thought, well, I'm going to ask him anyway. And I've got everyone listening. Let me just ask him. I said, uh, I think his name was Tokutundup, if I recall. I said, do you doubt this idea that you're reborn, that you're this famous lama from the past who's come back? It's an amazing idea. Do you, do you ever doubt it? And he said, oh, yes, I doubt it. <laughs> of course, I'm thinking in my heart, yeah, I doubt it too. Probably half the people in the room doubt it. And so it's easy for me to dismiss that kind of reincarnation. Oh, someone's just been marinated in his religious tradition. He has no memories. It's, uh, it seems that his doubt is well-founded. And I, I think that most of the belief in reincarnation is ill-founded. It's flaky. I do know one man whose wife had an experience I cannot explain, where she kept having uh, dreams, dreams about um, a concentration camp. And in her dream, she would see a certain number tattooed on her arm. And this was a recurring dream. And eventually, she became convinced that she must be reincarnated. And this man is telling me the story. Uh, I was in Israel. She was Jewish. And, and what she did is she did some research. And according to the story, she found out that that number belonged to a certain person. It was a real number, the number she dreamt about tattooed on her arm. 
And her experiences and her dreams matched up perfectly with what she knew about this poor girl who died in a concentration camp. Well, I don't really know what to do with that. Uh, I mean, maybe she's just making it up. I, I hate to attribute deception to people just because they have different religious views. On the other hand, that kind of idea does not fit very well with my worldview. Maybe there's something to it. I could be wrong. What I don't think I'm wrong. But I think what matters the most is whether reincarnation fits the Scriptures. And do the passages that people say support reincarnation actually support it? And there are only a couple passages that are claimed uh, as support. And so I would like to talk about that. The first is John the Baptist. Many people would say John the Baptist was Elijah reincarnated. Because of Matthew 17, Jesus says he was the Elijah to come. But then we have a problem, don't we? Because in John 1.21, John is asked, are you Elijah? Are you the Christ? And so forth. And he says, no, I'm not. Well, you could, I suppose, reason that John didn't understand who he was. But they asked him point blank, are you Elijah? Well, he wasn't Elijah. He was coming in the spirit of Elijah, but he wasn't Elijah. Well, what does it mean that he would come in the spirit of Elijah? Because that's what the prophecy of of Malachi said. Elijah was expected to return to the earth literally. And and many Jews uh, believe even today that Elijah is yet to come. And for that reason, empty seat is left for him at the Seder Supper. But Jesus is saying that Elijah came. But what would it mean to come in the spirit of Elijah? They dressed the same. They wore um, uh, clothing of hair, belts of leather. They were loners. Uh, They had interesting diets. They challenged monarchs. They were men of bravery. And so when you compare John in the first century A.D. to Elijah, 9th century B.C., you'll see a lot of parallels. But no, John was not literally Elijah. We know that cannot be because Elijah appeared along with Moses at the Transfiguration, Matthew 17. So how could he have been reincarnated as John the Baptist. You know, if he was John just a, a few weeks earlier and now he's himself. And worse for the case of those who advocate reincarnation, the, the classical doctrine, the Hindu belief, requires the rebirth of a dead person. But Elijah never died. Second Kings chapter 2. He was simply taken. He had never died. And thus there's no biblical basis for importing the popular Eastern idea of reincarnation into Christianity, at least not based on the case of John the Baptist. Well, is there any other example? No, Jesus has never claimed to be anyone reincarnate. Probably fatal to the notion of reincarnation is Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, where we read, It's appointed for man to die once, and then the judgment. In classical reincarnation, one lives many times, dies many times. But Hebrews 9 says that we die once. Judgment follows. 
It's not a death and then a rebirth, another death and another rebirth, and we keep going round and round till we get it right. Not at all. So Hebrews 9 disallows reincarnation. Ultimately, reincarnation is part of an impersonal worldview because although you seem to have an individual existence, eventually you break out of the cycle of rebirth and your soul becomes one with the world's soul. All become one and thus we disappear. This is not a religious doctrine that Christians should give any credence to. Yes, it's supported by Hinduism. I think the stories we hear that support reincarnation are anecdotal and fluffy. That doesn't mean I can explain everything I've heard, but it makes me very suspicious. The most important question is, do the scriptures uh, support this idea? Hebrews 9 refutes it, and the case of John the Baptist does not support it. And thus, I conclude there is no biblical basis for bringing reincarnation into Christianity. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on Last Things. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.